Hello, everybody, and welcome to the BearCast Media Bengals Preview Show. I am Justin Cashman alongside Alex Frank and Preston Stober. Yes. And the 2-8-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals will take on the 7-4 and four Miami Dolphins this weekend. Um, you know, I wish it was in different circumstances. You know, yeah. a lot of people talked about this being a primetime game, Burrow versus Tua, obviously with uh, Burrow being out for the rest of the season, and Tua actually, you know, maybe even being out this game, and looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get the start. Completely different than what we thought it might look like at the very beginning of the season. Um, so, Preston, I'll start with you. Um, you know, the Bengals being 2-8-1 at this point of the season, uh, we were talking about it. It's just kind of, you know, it's, it's hard to be as interested as we were at the beginning of the season when Burrow um, was playing with him out. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of disheartening. It's kind of sad watching the Bengals. Um, you know, the Bengals are playing a pretty good Miami Dolphins team. What do you want to see out of Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals in this game? Because at this point, they don't really have—they're not really playing for anything. Um, you know, this, we've kind of been in this exact same situation the last couple of years. You know, at the at the very ending of the season, you know, they don't really have anything to play for. But a lot of these guys are fi- are fighting for uh, roster spots next year, and you know, just trying to—you know—I don't want to say pad their stats, but you know, just at that—that's kind of what they're trying to do. Um, you know, so what do you think that? the Cincinnati Bengals should do on Sunday, and what would you like to see? I mean, I'd just like to see the Bengals go out there and just, just you know, show that they have heart. I mean, I think that you, you – obviously, I think Joe Burrow is the leader of this team, will continue to be the leader of this team. And I, he'll, I assume that, you know, he still has a, a, a great impact on the team, but not being suited up is definitely a huge thing. So I would like to see some people, you know, step up, some players step up, be the leaders of this team. Um, not even just the veterans, you know, some of the younger guys. I mean, maybe maybe some young up up and coming stars. I mean, I think like T Higgins. I think of some guys like that that I'd love to see kind of step up in leadership roles. And you you're right. I mean, this team's not gonna obviously make the playoffs. There's really nothing really to play for here except you know dignity. I guess. I mean, just go out there and play. And I mean, the Dolphins are a really good team. But I mean, there's something so satisfactory about when you're a bad team beating a good team and hurting their playoff chances. I don't know why that is. But that's just the way it is, and I mean, I, obviously, winning the game. I mean, that's that. I, I, you'd love to see it. I mean, they'd love to see it, and I would just, I just love to see this Bengals team kind of step up. And obviously, this is not the year that we hoped for, and this is not the year for um, big things to happen. Um, but that does not mean that you can still take steps in the right direction um, for this Bengals team going into next year. I think you said it, Preston, the fact that these guys are still trying to, you know, both of you said you're, you're, these guys are, are putting um, tape out there for this coaching staff to watch. Well, I hope the coaching staff that we currently have is not here next year. But um, what makes great organizations is that, you know, these teams can always find something to play for. They, you know, I understand your leader, Joe Burrow, is out. He's not even a presence in the facility. That's got to be hard when your leader all of a sudden is now no longer um, even in the facility. He's It's like he's not even a presence amongst the team. But at the end of the day, it's up to Brandon Allen. It's up to the offensive line. It's up to A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. It's up to the, you know, these players in these leadership positions to step up and say, hey, we have a football game to play. It's not like it's a high school team or a college team that is essentially eliminated from postseason contention. They're not doing this, you know, for 
their careers. At the end of the day, this is this is these players' jobs, and if they don't perform, I, at least I hope that this coaching staff would have the audacity to just get rid of them. And there are some players on there are some players maybe on this team. William Jackson's in a contract year; he needs to put some stuff on tape. You think about you know Carl Lawson, re-sign him. Justin, you were going through all the guys that you want the Bengals to re-sign going into next season. Well, these last five games are opportunities for them to show that, yes, they do belong here. Look, the outlook is dim. The media is negative on this team. They're not high on them. They don't think they can win any one of these five games. Heck, all of us here sitting here probably don't think the Bengals can win any one of these next five games. It's up to the players to prove them wrong. Think about the 49ers. They're 4-6. and six. They're playing a 7-3 and three team last week. Two dozen players out. What did they do? They go out there and they win the ball game. That's what makes great organizations. It doesn't matter who's playing or who's not playing, what their record is, how big of an underdog they are, how they shouldn't, how they should not even win the game. They just simply go out there and win. Yeah, I mean, and they're playing a team that's fighting for a division. You know, they're trying to fight for a division title right now. You know, the Dolphins are only one game behind the Buffalo Bills, um, and just from like, you know, being a having played football before like even if you're not on the best team like you don't want to get embarrassed against like anybody um and getting blown out is probably one of the worst things that you can experience because it's just so um demeaning and it's so disheartening and as a player like you know that really impacts your confidence that really impacts just the way that you play the game um but yeah you know these guys some of these guys are in big contract years they want to show out because they want to get you know the big contracts and uh you know you'd really love to see that and like you think about last year you know, exact same situation. The Bengals went to Miami, um, and, you know, they were basically out of the playoff hunt at that point. They go into Miami, they're down a ton, um, and they come back. They outscore Miami 23, uh, was it 23 to 7 in the fourth quarter. They force overtime. Um, they end up losing 38 to 35. Um, but you think about plays from that game, like you remember Tyler Boyd. Um, I think it was on the final drive uh, before they're they're trying to kick a field goal. I I believe I don't remember the exact scenario, but Tyler Boyd uh, he had a catch um, and he was limping basically. Like and they didn't have enough time for Tyler Boyd to limp off the field because then they wouldn't have been able to kick the field goal or whatever it was. Um, and he just got up, you know, basically limping with a terrible leg and got up and they ended up scoring. Um, and so I think like not to that extent, I guess, but like you want to see that heart and you want to see that determination out of the players. Um, moving forward because you want to see the guys that actually want to play for this team. Um, you know, being in the NFL is a privilege. Being in the NFL is not something that's very easy. Um, these guys want to take every single game that they can. They want to take the opportunity to show out and do, you know, do the thing that these teams are paying them to do. Um, and so, like, I don't, I don't want to hear how many players are out. I don't want to hear, um, you know, you're losing, you know, you lost your starting quarterback, um, you know, because other teams don't care. They're not going to take it easy on you. Um, and so, you know, I just really want to see the Bengals come out and, you know, fight. I want to see Zach Taylor not give up on this team because, um, you know, as much as I think a lot of pushback that he's gotten and a lot of people saying, you know, calling for his job, I want to see him basically, you know, block out all the people that are saying that and call a great game because at the end of the day, we're Bengals fans. Like, we don't we don't want to see him lose, um, you know, as much as it might not matter as much as if they were actually in a playoff position. Like, you don't want to see him lose. Um, any game um, and so uh, especially against a good team like Preston you mentioned you'd love to see a team get knocked out of 
playoff contention like you know a few years ago when the Bengals knocked off the Ravens on that great Tyler Boyd catch um, and sending the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs you know like that that's just something that's great um, so knocking off this seven and four team would be a huge uh, leap and you know might even give Zach Taylor his job uh, keep let him keep his job for next year um, whether we like it or not so that's just something that I think is one of like the things the, the factors that could come out of this game if the Bengals were to win. Yeah, and I mean, that goes hand-in-hand, hand too. I mean, you're knocking off a really good team. And the other thing is the Dolphins have a lot to play for. So if you come into this game, you know, kind of maybe not not completely ready, you know, kind of a down attitude, stuff, stuff like that. I mean, the, the Dolphins, they, they have a lot to play for. It's all on the line for them, especially in this game. You can't lose this game if you're the Dolphins. So if you come in like that, then there's a good chance you get embarrassed. And that's no one wants to see that. Absolutely not. And we talk about the Dolphins. And this has been talked about on multiple shows this week for Bearcast Media Sports. When we think of Miami, last year they're 0-7. They're clearly tanking. This, this is a team that lost their first two regular season games by a combined score of 102-10. to They were flat-out tanking. Like, they were, they were trading away guys. Like, it was, it was a bad culture in Miami last year. Heck, Josh, Rosen's the, Josh Rosen is the starting quarterback at the beginning of last season. But... The Dolphins go 5-4 and four over the final nine games of the regular season. So much so that Brian Flores was in the conversation for Coach of the Year. And this is a 5-11 and 11 team. And it's unbelievable the job that Brian Flores has done. He's gotten that team to just completely buy in. And you wonder how the Dolphins are winning games. They're not the most talented team on paper. But where they are winning games, defense. <laughs> they, have this, they have the second best scoring defense in the National Football League. Um, they also have 19 takeaways this season. Xavier Howard has seven interceptions. You think about their pass rush, it's there. Emmanuel Ogba, eight sacks this season. This Dolphins team, they can get after the quarterback and they can take the ball away from you. Offensively, look, um, there is some talent there. Their offensive line, eh, I, I watched two games today. One game against the Chargers and surprisingly against the Chargers, they were pretty solid. Um, and then against the Jets, they were abysmal. So it's an inconsistent offensive line because it wasn't great against the Rams, but it was good against the Cardinals. And the other way around with the two games, the Chargers and the Jets. So you don't know what you're going to get. However, what the Dolphins do, if it's Tua Tagovailoa, you're, you're going to get a, you know, a simple playbook. You're going to get you know, a play-action rollout to the left. Mainly, he's left-handed quarterback, so he's going to go to a strong side. Okay. You're going to see simple plays. You're going to see crossing routes. You're going to see slants. You're going to see uh, maybe some occasional back shoulder throws to the sidelines, but it's not, nothing too fancy with, with Tua. Fitzpatrick, the same way. But And then the, and the play calling from Chan Gailey, their offensive coordinator, it, it's, it's really, really creative. As one of the color analysts was saying, Rich Gannon for CBS recently. So this Dolphins team, you're trying to figure out how they're able to win games. It's their ability to start fast. That's what that's what they do. They they pounce on you in the first half, and then they just coast the rest of the way with solid defense, uh, takeaways, and uh, offensively. Look, it, it, as long as they do just enough, they they will win games against teams they're supposed to win against. Now we talk about Tua. We don't know who's starting this week. Tua Tagovailoa, game time decision. Uh, I read today on the ESPN's injury report going into Sunday. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if Tua can't go, he would start. Of course, last year we know what he did against the Bengals, 412 passing yards. So, is this Dolphins team beatable? Yes. But what I mean is Brian Flores last year 
at 0-7. He got that Dolphins team to play hard. It takes a great coach to do that. And this is a young head coach in Brian Flores. He's only 38, 39 years old. He's not that experienced. And yet right now the Dolphins are 7-4. and I mean, he's 12-15 and as a head coach through 27, yeah, 27 games. That's trending in the right direction. And when we think about Zach Taylor... I don't mean I, I don't mean to keep you know going to that subject here on the show, but you know two and fourteen last year. Yes, the Bengals played hard down the stretch, winning two of their last five games. If that's anything you want to point to, but this is a losing team under a losing head coach. Zach Taylor has only regressed from two and fourteen. If the Bengals were four six and one, which we thought they were going to beat Washington and the Giants at the start of the season and at the outset of the second half of the season, Zach Taylor would have. Six wins, he'd be six, six, twenty, and one. Not that great, not that good, but at least a little bit of a trend in the right direction, right? And I think, like, the thing with, I'm gonna get, like, reference Brian Flores. Um, you know, like, the thing I think when he came to Miami, you know, obviously that roster was far from what he wanted it to be. Um, and, you know, they had the terrible start, um, you know, 0 7, they get blown out. Uh, at home by the Baltimore Ravens, I think it was a 59 to 10 the first game. Um, you know, absolutely obliterated. Um, and I think like the the good thing that might be able to come out of things like that is you know with this, how bad you start, you get to see which guys on the team are playing through it. You know, which guys are gonna you know play through adversity and which guys are gonna be there uh, through thick and thin. Because at the end of the day, like these guys, this is their job. Um, and some guys might give up on the team earlier than others. You know, all year we've heard about the culture from the Bengals and how good the culture is. Um, but you can clearly tell that some of these guys are not buying in. I mean, you could tell by their body language after the Washington or, you know, during the Washington game when Joe Burrow got hurt. You know, these guys, it doesn't just doesn't seem like they really want to be there. Like as much as they might tell you that they want to be, it's just not true. Um, so the thing with like Brian Flores is he got a good um uh, he got a good evaluation of his guys, you know, which guys are playing as hard as they can despite all the losing. Um, and he's been able to turn that into success. Um, and, you know, going to Zach Taylor, um, you know, this is his second year. Um, and he, with the, how bad they started last year, you know, he has his guys that he knows that he wanted to keep because, you know, these guys were playing as hard as they uh, possibly could despite starting 0-11 or 0-12, whatever it was. Um, and he just hasn't turned it into wins, even with all the additions that they got in the offseason. I mean, I know there were injuries, but, um, you know, he just hasn't been able to turn it into wins. And uh, I saw a report earlier today, I believe it was from Matt Miller, um, who I believe works with Bleacher Report. Um, and he had referenced, um, you know, it was just, it's probably he said, she said, but uh, talking about how the front office with the Bengals is basically upset that Zach Taylor kept Joe Burrow in the pocket as uh, for as long as he was with such a poor offensive line, knowing it's a poor offensive line. Um, I, I wish I had the exact article pulled up in front of me. I saw it a little bit ago. Um, and, you know, that's just, I mean, that, that's helpful for me because it shows that Zach Taylor's on the brinks with this organization. Hopefully he'll be gone after these last few games, at least personally to me. Um, I, you know, I hope he's gone, but um, I just despite me wanting him to be gone, I want him to, you know, still try. And, you know, I still want to see him, um, you know, do the best that he can with this team because I know that a lot of these guys are in big contract years. And, like, he, I want to see him get the most out of them because I want more success for the player individually than I do for um, Zach Taylor. So, And to your point, when the team, you know, clearly wasn't bought in after Joe Burrow went down, you know what, that's, you know what that says. 
That says that the, that the team wasn't bought into Zach Taylor when he was trying to fire them up on the sidelines when Joe Burrow went down. That team was bought into Joe Burrow. And when they saw him go down, they thought, this guy is responsible for him going down. Why should we buy in? And I noted to you, Justin, at the game on Sunday, that we saw on the Jumbotron that, that, team, that the Bengals players, they looked like they did not want to be there on Sunday. Mind you, Sunday was a home game. This Sunday, they're going on the road. Now, why wouldn't you go, want to go on the road and play in 80-degree weather in Miami, Florida in December? Heck, sign me up. I mean, I, talk, I talked about, I mean, I voiced to you. I thought, hey, let's go to this game. I mean, I got connection down there. So, um, and now you're 2-8-1. Your quarterback's injured. You're on a three-game losing streak again. And, you know, you, want, you, you mentioned, Justin, that you want to see, you know, you want Zach Taylor go out where, you know, they're fighting hard every game. But the problem is this front office will see that and they'll keep him around. But what this Bengals organization can't do is make the excuse that Joe Burrow went down. No, great organizations, what they do is they find a way to win games with backup quarterbacks. I noted, I, I've said this millions of times. Look at what the Saints did with Teddy Bridgewater last year. Did the Saints, did they mail it in? No, they went 5-0. and They ended up going 13-3. and um, Did the Eagles mail it in with Carson Wentz when he went down? No, they won a Super Bowl. Uh, it, it, I mean, the Cowboys, if Andy Dalton does get hurt, they might have a few more wins. Yeah, he's had his struggles, but he's also, you know, he won a game at Minnesota. Minnesota's not a bad team, despite what the record might say. So, great organizations, they don't think, well, our starting quarterback went down, we'll keep our head coaches, head coaches around. No, you got to play with the cards you're dealt with, and they're not playing with the cards they're dealt with to the best of their ability. You don't run the ball just 15 times on Sunday with a backup quarterback. No, I don't care if Joe Mixon's out either. You're gonna make that excuse? You can't do that. I mean, I would agree with uh, with Joe Burrow going down. I mean, it just feels like the old saying, you know, cut the head off the snake, you know? The body's still there. But I mean, it feels like the head's kind of gone. You mentioned some other franchises or some, yeah, that have, that have been able to uh, been, been able to move on from their, their head guy getting, getting hurt. And that's something that I think it does kind of kind of tell to the franchise it, 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 when your guy goes down, are you able to bounce back? And, I mean, you look at the Dolphins last year. You kind of brought that up a little bit, Alex. I mean, what they did, when you talk about Brian Flores and what they did, I mean, they're 0-7. They didn't know who their next guy was. I mean, you, didn't, you, you talk about even Rosen starting a quarterback for a little bit. I think the Bengals are sitting a little bit better right now. I mean, we know we got our guy. We know, we've seen Joe Burrow. We know we got our guy. He's hurt. Hopefully he can make a we, we think he'll make a full recovery. Hopefully he'll be able to be his exact self, which I expect out of him. The Bengals, I think, should ho- hopefully can model kind of the success the Dolphins have had with how quickly they were able to turn it around. And, I mean, that's – I mean, I don't even think Dolphins fans expected it to be that quick. I mean, a year ago you tell them you're going to be 7-4 hunting in the playoffs. I mean, that's – that's and, and two is not even going to be playing a quarterback at, at the time he's hurt. I mean, I think that they would be shocked. I don't even know if Dolphins fans would expect that. You know, so, that's, you know what that's called, though? Coaching. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's coaching. It's it's the franchise. I mean, the Dolphins, I mean, they, they're not one of the top franchises in the NFL, but they're a solid franchise. I mean, that's kind of how they've always been. They've been a solid franchise. Well, the Dolphins since 2003, ready for this? So since they went 10-6 and six in 2003, they have had one, two, is that right? Two winning seasons since 2003. Two winning seasons since 2003 so they've been and they've also had 11 head coaches since 1995 
But there is something to be said about that, that this, organi this organization is relentless in finding the right head coach and the right quarterback. Think about the quarterbacks they've gone through. Joey Harrington, Chad Pennington, uh, Matt Moore. Uh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, Ryan Tannehill. Heck, they ran Ryan Tannehill out of there. I mean, they went through so many different quarterbacks. I mean, who was their I mean, Cleo Lemon, for crying out loud, in 2007. Dante Culpepper was a quarterback there. So what you're seeing with this organization is they are not afraid to give head co a head coach or a quarterback a short leash. Let me put it to you this way. Ryan Flores, after a great, um, a great finish this season last year, Brian Flores replaced both his offensive and defensive coordinators, offensive line, wide receiver, assistant quarterbacks, and safeties coach. What does that tell you? Accountability. Thank you. And this is an organization that I have never, I've never thought of Stephen Ross as a great owner. Partly because of this, of the success that they have not had since whatever. Since the 90s, when after basically after Don Shula retired, God bless his soul. They have not stopped trying. They're not content. You can laugh at their organization whenever you want. Are you laughing now? No? I mean, and like, I think, like, you know, the narrative is always if a team goes through, you know, a different head coach every year, kind of like that Cleveland Browns have had. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's fair to say that they're dysfunctional. I think at that point, it's fair to say they're dysfunctional, but... I think it's also they're relentless and wanting to win. Um, they're not just going to settle, you know. Even even though I think they have done that in past years, um, but you know they're sitting at eight and three right now in a playoff spot. Um, what are they at? The you know uh, the number five seed in the AFC. You know Kevin Stefanski has done great with that organization, um, and it just shows that the Browns are you know they're relentless. They want to win. Um, it might take a few years of you know, being dysfunctional and not really knowing uh, who the guy is, I head coach and other certain positions. But now they have a lot of stability. They brought in a lot of really good free agents. Um, they progress the guys that they've been able to draft. Baker Mayfield, I think you can argue, has gotten better and better um, each year that he has played. Um, so, like, the Browns are a prime example of that. And, um, you know, he, here's an article that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Matt Miller, um, who works with Bleacher Report, and it, uh, he does an NFL draft notebook. Um, here's a quote from him. Uh, it says, According to folks around the league, the Bengals know they have to build a better offensive line to protect their star quarterback. I've also heard the same in Cincinnati. Uh, the front office has questioned Zach Taylor's offensive strategy. Uh, they think he let Burrow in a dangerous position as he was asked to hold the ball in a pocket too long behind a bad offensive line. Um, and that's exactly true. And, uh, you know, I think it's good to hear that our front office is actually concerned with the head coach because, you know, I feel like for so many years we've just been told, you know, being dysfunctional is basically okay and it's basically acceptable and not winning is basically acceptable under the, you know, the tenure of Marvin Lewis. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that Zach Taylor is probably on the outs uh, in these last few games. I have a tough schedule. Um, you know, I just don't see him staying around too long. And uh, I just want to see this team be relentless and their um, attack to win and their attack to get a head coach that's going to lead this team to uh, winning games. I mean, I think that Joe Burrow and all of his greatness and all of the, the hype he brings, I think that he, he was able to cover up and, uh, like a lot of the problems. I think there was problems that Joe Burrow was able to cover up, and I mean, obviously, un didn't, unintentionally. And I think that they're kind of coming to light now when you, when you take Joe Burrow out of the equation. So, I mean, I think that there's definitely some responsibility to be had here. And we talk about the word responsibility, and I think that that's, that's def being held responsible. 
Um, so yeah, I just think that the rest of the season just going to be uh, we're going to be able to tell a lot. Um, and I mean, we'll see. But yeah, relentless. I mean, hopefully the franchise is heading in the right direction where relentless is kind of the word you use. I don't think this team is going to play for Zach Taylor. The only reason why that game was as close as it was last week was because it was never uh, it was in doubt the entire time. This game on Sunday, it's not going to be like that. This team will not play for Zach Taylor on Sunday. I guarantee it. They only play. They only made it a two-point game was because it was 19 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and they thought, "Oh, we have a chance to win this game. Let's actually do something here." What is Zach Taylor's offensive strategy? He hasn't had one. He's he, he was given a Ferrari in Joe Burrow, and he basically, you know, let it, and, and he basically said, "All right, go out there, you know, with no sense of direction whatsoever," and he let it get killed. That's what happened. Score predictions for Sunday. Um, I think Dolphins are going to easily handle the Bengals, 30-13. to 13. I think the Bengals might get some offense going in the second and third quarter. Uh, it's not going to be nearly enough with a, uh, a very stout Miami Dolphins defense. I just, they're not going to have nearly enough to get the job done. Preston? I'm going to go 28-10, to 10, and I kind of agree with that Dolphins. Um, I think that uh, the Bengals just may, may hopefully, I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of kind of playing for yourself a little bit, which you hate to say. Um, but I think the franchise right now is just not in a great position, and I think you talk about guys kind of trying to get uh, their film in order. You know, it is a job. I think that it's going to be kind of a lot of guys playing for themselves, whereas the Dolphins are, are heading in the absolutely right direction right now. They're playing for the team. Um, yeah, I think I, maybe the Bengals will be able to keep it close early, but then I think that maybe the dysfunction is going to kind of get to them later in the game, and I think the Dolphins kind of run away with it. You see this team is playing for Brian, for Brian Flores. They're playing for whoever's under center. This Dolphins team is a connected team on all assets, offense, defense. Heck, special teams is pretty good for crying out loud. They can block punts. They can return kicks for touchdowns. Jakeem Grant, by the way, he is a firecracker of a receiver. Yeah. That man, he plays bigger than he, and he's not that tall. He's not that tall. He's not that big, but man, he has a lot of heart. Uh, this Dolphins team, I, I, this is going to be the game where the Bengals just completely fall apart. I'm calling it right now, and I actually want it to be like that because then, we can clearly say, okay, Zach Taylor needs to go. And, heck, I wouldn't even be upset if we got rid of Zach Taylor after the game on Sunday, let Darren Simmons coach the last four games or whoever. Or whomever. Uh, the Dolphins will win this game 31-10. to 10. I, I, I mean, look, I mean, it's a disconnected Bengals team going into Miami. You mentioned it, Preston. It's every man for himself. That's a bad, bad thing to say about a football team. That's a, that's a really down thing to say. Especially football. Exactly. When there's when there's already you know so many so many positions you're trying to get a team together. It's hard it's hard to get a team to play together in football because there's so many moving parts to the game. But if if you're saying in football, that is just I mean that's sad. Yeah. All right, so we all got Miami winning. Uh, pretty uh, pretty. Well, I'm not even watching the game because the crossing shootouts on Sunday. So I'm recording the game and I'm going to watch the misery after uh, Cincinnati wins. <laughs> and I'm sitting miserable having had Skyline for both before and after the game. So it's going to be a good Sunday. Yeah. Well, at least we got Bearcats basketball and uh, yeah. uh, you know some other things to take our mind off the Bengals. Bearcats but. football, Reds free agency. Hopefully yeah. goes well. We got yeah. Tulsa on Saturday, right? Uh, not tomorrow, but the next Saturday. Oh, it's next Saturday. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right, yeah, Excuse me. That's a rescheduled game? Uh, correct. Gotcha. Well, got some other things, but this is the BearCast Media Bengals Preview Show. I'm Justin Cashman alongside Alex Frank and Preston Stober. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys very soon.